everybody, and welcome back to the Aspiring Adult Podcast. And this week we're celebrating the birthday of Aspiring Adult. It's officially one year old, and I've been hosting a podcast for an entire year, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about, working on something for an entire year. I mean... We've gone to school for multiple years, so it's, I guess it's not that crazy, but for me, I'm really excited about it, and I had a lot of time to reflect on what I was able to accomplish within a year, personally and with the podcast. So with the podcast, obviously, I had a lot of fun guests on and did a lot of episodes on varying topics, and I told a lot of people about the podcast and posted a lot on social media about it. And the question I would always get was, well, what's it about? And that was a question that I really struggled with answering for quite a while because it seemed really self-explanatory to me and just even by the name, aspiring adult. But the more I thought about it, the more that I couldn't describe what the aspiring adult was. I typically said something along the lines of, It's a podcast for 20-somethings to figure out how to become an adult. And the follow-up questions to that were normally, well, when do you become an adult? And who do you have on? And what do you talk about? And it was always a wide variety of topics that I would mention, such as how to invest, how to save for a house, how to buy a house, how to effectively grocery shop and maintain a healthy relationship with food, how to date after you graduate college, and then did a series on people that are fostering passion projects and working on side hustles and making them their main hustle. So it was really kind of an all-encompassing topic or all-encompassing podcast. And it really was difficult for me to kind of gravitate towards any one specific topic or section because I was always changing what I wanted the podcast to be about. And it was always kind of under the premise and guise of we're just adult, we're just young kids trying to figure out what it's like to be an adult. And in a sense, we still are. I mean, I definitely still am. And that is the premise of the podcast I still want to keep. But I also have an exciting announcement that I now am shifting the focus of adulting or having a multi-topic show to more of a single topic premise that encompasses a lot of different aspects. So over the course of this past year, so May 7th is when the birthday of the podcast was, A lot has changed for me. And I say that because if you take a look at the old podcast cover, I had pink hair. And that was kind of the biggest red flag to me and my cousin James that there was something a little bit off. And I say that with a smile because I'm able to look back on that still pretty fondly that I was able to have pink hair. Pink is my favorite color. And I think that that was a fun time of my life, or at least some cognitive dissonance allows me to believe that. But it was also a time that I was really internally struggling and having a difficult time identifying with myself and identifying with who I wanted to be and what I wanted to become. I had just moved to Boston 
I broke up with a long-term boyfriend. I was in a job that I did not love working for somebody who did not appreciate me and didn't value me as a person. And then ultimately led me to not value myself and seek validation from other men in serial dating and serial dated for a few months and had some very sobering moments. And some of those sobering moments allowed for me to actually become sober, which I'm truly grateful for. Although it's not necessarily the path that I love and adore and think that it was the best way for me to get to where I am, but it is what led me to where I am. So I had pink hair. I didn't love my job. I was very insecure. I was drinking all the time. I was serial dating to now I'm back to my, I like to call it my natural hair color, blonde. I'm just going to pause because it's it's not actually blonde. And this is me making a confession that it's not actually blonde. So yeah, I'm a brunette. I would never know because I've been dying it since elementary school. But yeah, anyways, back to my natural color. And I now have a new sense of self. And I truly am very happy. And I'm very excited to continue podcasting. And I'm also very excited to announce that because of these changes, I am making changes to the podcast as well. So instead of being a variety show, if you will, about adulting, I want to shift the focus to something I'm more resonating with over the past year or over the past couple months. And that's spirituality and emotional intelligence. Over the past couple months, I've done a lot of self-reflection. And the podcast is part of that self-reflection. Because if we go back and listen to some of my prior episodes, there are confessions that I've made. There are things that I've said that I am not in that same place anymore. And being able to look back on that and realize how much my life has changed within a year and where I want my new focus to lie is within spirituality and emotional intelligence. But I started on this journey of spirituality back when I created my podcast about, I traded in my therapist for a psychic and it was a very whim of a podcast and a very whim of an experience. So To give a little bit of insight into that, on Valentine's Day, my friend Savina and I had dinner reservations at Lolita, which is my favorite Mexican restaurant, and we were meeting up with my friends Megan and Abby after work, Um, so obviously a 10 o'clock reservation. There's a little bit of a gap between ending work at 5 and the reservation at 10, and I decided, what what better of an opportunity than to go and get my tarot cards read? Then Valentine's Day, I can find out what my life is going to be like, the things that I I didn't, I didn't really have any idea of what I wanted to get out of it, truly. I just thought it would be a fun activity and that I could potentially get some sort of reading that would be entertaining. So called up a psychic went over and got my tarot cards read. And if you want to listen to more about what that was like, feel free to listen to the episode about my psychic experience. But through that, 
I continued going to see the psychic, not getting my tarot cards read every time, but going and talking to her about things that you would talk to your therapist about, unpacking a lot of childhood trauma and childhood experiences and connecting those to present day experiences and how you're connecting with yourself present day and how that's going to impact your future. And it was, again, just all things that you would typically talk about with your therapist. And I know I've said it in a previous episode, but there was something about going to a psychic that allowed me to be more vulnerable than I was with any therapist that I've ever been to. I showed up and she read the energy from myself, from my presence, instead of me needing to create some sort of verbal articulation as to what I'm thinking, what I'm experiencing, and what I'm feeling. And that allowed to remove an entire barrier between me and her and allow us to have more deep conversations. So for instance, one of the things that I connected with her on was that I was carrying a lot around a lot of abandonment issues because when I was in middle school, my parents got a divorce and my mom left my family. And that was a really difficult experience for me because she stopped showing up for me and my brothers as a mother figure. And it caused me to have a lot of resentment towards her and resentment that carried into my adult life and impacted the way that I felt about her and my relationship towards her and the narrative that I told other people about her. And so that was able to get broken down with my psychic a lot quicker than it was with any therapist I've ever been to because she was able to just detect what was going on with my energy and how I felt towards something. And that all of that negative energy that I was carrying from that resentment towards my mother was affecting me in my present day. And that that was something that I had to work on before I was able to even begin working on my present day issues. And after I had that experience with my psychic, I had a very vulnerable experience with my mom where I sat down and I wrote her a letter after meditating and thought about why I was carrying these negative emotions and how these emotions truly impacted me as a person and how it was only really impacting me. So when you carry around these negative emotions, it's only ever impacting you. You're the only one that's bothered by it. And it didn't make much sense for me to be so upset about something that happened so long ago. And I know that it was something that she's not proud of either, but it's what happened. And so I sat down to meditate and think back on the experiences that I had as a child and visualize letting those things go and coming to terms with why things happened the way that they did and being thankful that they happened the way that they did because I am the person I am today because of what happened. 
So after meditating and writing the letter and explaining to her that I was done experiencing any more resentment, any more negative feelings about my relationship with her or towards her. And that I wanted to be completely absolved of all of that baggage I was carrying around and all that negative energy that I was carrying with me all the time. And I wrote it with acknowledgement that she is a human, that when she had my brother and when she got married to my dad, she was 25 years old. I'm currently 24. And I have no idea what it's like to be 25 with a kid. And I couldn't imagine what it was like for her to be 25 with a kid. And there was a lot of other experiences that she's had in her life that I couldn't imagine for myself. And how could I ever put myself in her shoes and think about the decision that she made or that she chose to make and that she chooses to live with? I can't. She's human. We're human. We all make choices. We all make things that, or we all sometimes make choices that we might end up regretting. And to define myself as someone that has a poor relationship with their mother is not something that I wanted to live the rest of my life with. And so writing that letter was a motion forward for me to let go of any ill intent or any ill feelings that I had towards her because what was the point of carrying them around? It was only impacting me and it was only impacting me negatively. There was no point of me being angry. What did it gain for me? Nothing. I gained nothing from it. And so when I started realizing that that hurt and that resentment was only impacting myself. It wasn't impacting my mother. It wasn't impacting the past version of my mother. It wasn't impacting the way that I remember my childhood. I let it go. And I let it go by writing that letter, by mailing that letter, by having my mom look at that letter and talking through it with me. And then from there, we were able to have an open conversation about my spirituality and coming to terms with my emotions and past baggage and deciding that we were going to go on a wellness retreat to a resort called Miraval. And at the time, I was pretty hesitant to do so because I didn't really realize the depth of my spirituality at the time that we scheduled the trip because I didn't really think that going and meditating in the mountains and doing breathwork exercises and crystals were really for me. I liked psychics because it was similar to therapy and it was similar to what other people were doing. And it was easy for me because I didn't have to do much work. And I really just had to meditate and be reflective, which is something that I was pretty good at because I've always journaled I have kept a journal since before I could write. And with that, it was it's just been really easy for me to sit alone with my thoughts. It's been debatably harder for me to sit down with somebody else and share my thoughts. So, or at least I thought it was. And 
that's why I enjoyed going to the psychic. But I didn't think that I was ready for that giant step to be one of those girls that has crystals and charges them in moonbeams or charges their bathwater or believes that all things are connected and that karma truly exists and impacts people. But then I went on the trip to Miraval and it was one of the most amazing experiences of my entire life. Showing up at Miraval, we did a multitude of activities such as exercise classes, meditation practices, journaling, learning about crystals, learning about dosha, about breath work, and learning about yourself. And in one of the classes that I took, I it was a meditative practice where you are trying to connect with your higher self. And in this practice, what you're doing is meditating and asking the highest version of yourself what you would do in a scenario or asking them for advice. So the highest version of yourself is someone that puts in 110% effort. Or when you ask your higher self a question, your higher self is kind of that person when you go to bed at night and set a five o'clock alarm to get up and go to the gym in the morning. That's the highest version of yourself because you think in the morning you're going to have that same energy and wake up and want to not snooze that 5 a.m. alarm, get up, go to the gym, maybe meditate on your way to the gym, read a book on your transit on the way to the gym, work out, take a shower, go to work, have be an awesome rock star at work, go on your lunch break, take a walk, eat a really healthy, balanced meal. And then at the end of the day, do whatever makes you most happy and get a full eight hours of sleep. That is the highest version of yourself. And that is kind of the person that you're calling upon when you're calling upon your highest version of yourself. It's that person that sets the 5 a.m. alarm before you go to bed to go to the gym in the morning. So you're calling upon your highest version of yourself to ask a question. And the question that I chose to ask is similar to the question that I asked the tarot cards when I went to go and see a psychic in February. And this time it was a little bit more broad. So when I asked the psychic in February, what am I more driven by success or happiness? I decided just to focus on what makes me happy? And when I asked my higher self this, we were then guided through a meditative practice where the instructor leads you through all of the chakras in your body. So the first chakra is associated with your head, which is associated with the color purple, and then goes through the rainbow down to your root, which is in your sacrum that goes to the color red. So from purple to red, you're going through all of those colors and trying to visualize those colors while you're meditating. And so while I'm meditating, I'm asking myself this question, what makes me happy? What makes me happy? What makes me happy? And I'm also thinking through this meditative practice, or I'm also listening to the instructor through this meditation 
as she's walking through each one of these colors, asking us to visualize each one of them. I'm only able to visualize blue. That's the only color I was capable of visualizing, a very, very vivid color of blue. And it was very similar to the color that you see in the sky on an absolute clear day. It was so blue that I had to open my eyes and ensure that my eyes were actually closed and I wasn't actually just staring out into the sky because that's how blue it was. Normally when you close your eyes, you can see like some red seeping in through the skin of your lids or you normally just see black, but I was seeing very, very vivid blue. Again, like the color of the sky. And no matter what I did, every time I had a little bit of another color sneak in, it was always shut out by blue. And so I kind of asked the instructor after the meditation was over what blue meant, because my happiness must be correlated with the color blue in some capacity. And being that your body is associated with the chakras and associated with that chakra color scheme, blue must be correlated to my chakras in some sort of sense. So when I asked her, what does blue mean? Blue is associated with your throat chakra, which is associated with communication, which is something that I've always been very good at. So growing up, I was a softball player and I was a volleyball player. And in both of those sports, I was always the person that got the second touch on the ball, always, because the first person that had the touch on the ball was the pitcher. I was a catcher. And so I got to see the entire field. I got to call all of the plays. I got to call all of the pitches. I saw everything that was happening and I was communicating it to everybody. And because I was so good at that, I was normally a natural leader and people were willing to come to me and share ideas that they had or plays that they wanted to try out. And kind of similarly with volleyball, although volleyball was by no means my main sport, it was kind of something that I just did for fun, but I was a setter. So I had the second touch on the ball still. The first person, normally a defensive dis- defensive specialist, got the pass up to me. And I would decide whether I was going to tip it over, whether I was going to set it to somebody, whether I was going to set the front row, the back row. I had to call what was going on. And again, allowed for me to really hone in on that communication aspect. And again, allowed for me to be that advocate for my team to make sure that their voices were heard and make sure that I was relaying things from them to my coach or my coach to them. And it was really just one of those environments that because of my communication, I was able to unite the team. I was able to feel confident in myself. And so when I heard that my throat chakra was associated with communication, which was associated with the color blue and what drove my happiness kind of made sense, especially because I have a podcast and my podcast is about, I mean, podcasts are just about talking. It's about communicating. It's about using your throat to use your voice. And so I couldn't help but think that that meant that I was being, that my higher self was instructing me to really hone in on my podcast and hone in on my voice because 
something that I've realized in my adult life is that I'm really good at having conversations with people. I'm really good at listening. I'm really good at also talking to people so that they open up and so that they feel vulnerable and so that they are able to talk about how they feel and experiences that they have. And my friends always make fun of me because typically whenever we go to parties or whenever we get into smaller groups, I always end up talking to one or two people about themselves. And they always say that it's some sort of interrogation or some sort of, I don't know, they always kind of just make fun of me because I'm always just off in a corner talking to somebody until the wee hours of the night and I'm just learning about them and I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do because it makes me feel rejuvenated. It makes me feel excited. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel happy. And I've decided that that higher power or that higher version of self was telling me that I need to try and replicate that within my podcast. So something that I kind of realized with my podcasting over the past year is that we never really got to talk about who I am or what values I have. I always had other people on to talk about what they wanted or not what they wanted to talk about, but what I wanted them to talk about. And I was always trying to guide conversation, but There were never really any steadfast takeaways of true insight. It was always kind of just little pits of information that if you learn something great, but it was mostly just a fun conversation to have or a fun conversation to listen to. And the premise that I want to develop with the new focus on spirituality and emotional intelligence is creating that emotional environment for you to question some of the thoughts that you might be having or to maybe reflect a little bit further on why you may be thinking about something in a certain capacity or how to better have a relationship with yourself or have a relationship with others. And so that's what I've decided to focus on through that meditative practice. I feel like it is something that I'm being called to do and I'm really excited about it, but Continuing on with my journey through Niraval and how I really made a sharp transition from having no spiritual ties to being very, very, very spiritual was after I had that higher power, higher self meditative practice, I was kind of just like, oh, that's cool. Like I'll focus on my podcast. And that was kind of it. Then later that evening, I did this class called Transformative Breathwork. And for those of you that have never heard of Transformative Breathwork, it is a very interesting breathing technique that you mimic hyperventilating. So you breathe in really fast and you breathe out really fast. Kind of like, okay, I'm definitely not gonna, I'm not gonna imitate it because that would be a lot to take in and a lot for you to experience through your AirPods or whatever device that you're listening to this on. But anyways, you're mimicking hyperventilating and you're in control of it. So you're getting a lot of oxygen to parts of your body that you wouldn't typically get as much oxygen to. So you're kind of igniting a lot of 
or you're, you're igniting and exciting a lot of different parts of your body with oxygen that don't typically get oxygen. And that is paired in unison with the deprivation of some of your senses. So with this breathwork practice, it's also a meditative practice in a sense. So you're trying to just clear your mind, focus on your breathing. And in doing that, you are blindfolded or you're depriving your sight and you put noise canceling headphones on that the instructor that is guiding you through the breath work plays a, it's kind of a, a variety mix of tribal music followed by some harp and string instruments followed by some more peaceful sounding typical meditative sounds and you go through the course of that in the span of an hour and that's all you listen to you can't even hear yourself breathe and so you really kind of are just alone inside of your brain so let me just paint the picture for what this was like for me. So we're in this yoga studio. It's very windowy. It's very lofty. It's just me, my mom, and the instructor. And we're sitting on these mats with these blankets and yoga pillows and yoga blocks with the blindfold and the headphones sitting on our lap. And the instructor is trying to guide us through what to expect. And talks to us about what the transformative breathing is like and talks about how it mimics hyperventilating and that because you're receiving so much oxygen to the brain and to other parts of the body that you may have experiences that are similar to those that are drug-induced. So the instructor that we had, Mark, told us about some experiences that other people that he had went through, through this transformative breath work. And one of them was that someone went through the entire experience of what it was like being born from the womb to their present day and the span of an hour. Other people have talked with deceased loved ones and other people have gone on insane journeys of self-reflection and it was kind of really alarming as to what to expect going into this. I, for one, have extreme anxiety, am absolutely type A in the sense that I need to be in control of everything. And so the fact that my senses were being deprived and I had to lay still for an hour inside of my own brain was honestly terrifying to me because that is going to be the most vulnerable my brain has ever been in my entire life. And so I voiced that to Mark and I said, you know what? I'm really scared of this because there is nothing that I am more afraid of than dying. And this to me mimics dying because I'm sitting here. I'm not able to see. I can't really hear anything besides for what's being pumped through my headphones. And my body gets really tingly when I'm breathing like you're instructing me to. So give it a try. Try maybe hyperventilating or breathing really quickly for a minute and you'll kind of realize that your hands get a little bit tingly. That's how my whole body got when I started breathing that way. Anyways, 
So I was telling him that I was very scared that I was not going to be in control of the situation and that I was going to get into a state in this transformative breath work that I was not going to be able to get out of. So I was going to become a vegetable while I was in there or while I was breathing the way that he was asking us to. And that really, really scared me. And I was really afraid to put the headphones on, put the eye mask on and actually do it. And the only reason that I really did it was because my mom was also there and she did it. If she wasn't there, I don't think I would have been able to do it because I was that afraid. I was that afraid because I was afraid to be alone with my, with my thoughts and not be in control. So after I saw my mom put on her headphones and her eyewear, I decided, all right, well, I guess I am doing this. So on goes the eye mask, on goes the headset, and down I lay onto my little yoga mat with my yoga pillows and blanket, and I start breathing. And I am very much so scared at this point. I am running my hands across the floor because that was the only thing that I felt like I was in control of. As long as I knew that my hands were gliding across the floor in sort of a snow angel formation, I knew that I was in control of what was happening to my body. And I knew that I was in control of what my mind was doing until I realized that I wasn't because instead of transformative breathing, I started hyperventilating and Mark comes over to me, lifts my headphone and tells me to take a deep breath and that I'm doing great and that it's all going to be fine and kind of unclenches my tightly bounded fists so that they're loosely laying on the ground and unclenches my toes so that I am no longer hyperventilating anymore. And after the hyperventilating subsides, I just uncontrollably started bawling. I was still scared. I was afraid to accept the fate of what this transformative breathwork was going to do or what I was going to experience in doing this. And so I just started uncontrollably sobbing to which Mark comes over and tells me to just let it all out. And I start wailing and I am very uncomfortable at this point. I don't know how this is, how I'm possibly going to get through the next hour of breathing like this. And so I'm still doing the snow angels on the floor while I'm wailing. And then all of a sudden that feeling of sadness and anxiety suddenly subsides and I get this deep weight on my chest and on my pelvis and it was kind of like I was in a swimming pool and you know when you dive really deep down into a swimming pool and you feel all of the weight of that water it was like that but on only on my chest and only on my pelvis and it's kind of going off of that whole water premise obviously my eyes were closed so I just couldn't see anything but you know when your eyes are closed and you're underwater and you can vaguely make out the ripples of the water and what the water looks like through your eyelids it's exactly what i was seeing and it kept feeling like i was being washed over with something and washed over with water and 
the word acceptance I kept hearing and seeing, like every time something was washed over me, it was acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. And once that subsided, I then saw myself from an aerial view in the room and I could see myself breathing and doing this breath work in the room. And I started touching my body while I was in the room and it didn't feel like I was touching myself. So if you put your hand on your chest, you can, you know that you're touching yourself. You can feel it. But it felt like I was touching somebody else. It felt like I wasn't touching myself. It felt like I was touching somebody else's body. But I was watching myself do it. I was watching myself touch myself. And I kind of realized that I wasn't in my body anymore. And then before I knew it, there was a bead of sweat dropping from my armpit. And I could more closely resonate with what it felt like to be that droplet of sweat dropping from my armpit than I could feel what it was like being inside of my own body. And shortly after that experience, the instructor ended our meditation in what felt like 20 minutes was an hour. So we take off our eye masks, we take off our headphones, and we sit up. And it was very much so like a come down. So if you've ever taken Adderall or had any sort of psychedelic experience, it was very much so probably similar to what it feels like coming down from that. You kind of are a little bit hazy and in and out of what is reality and what's not. And the instructor, Mark, asked us what we experienced. And I was in such disbelief as to what I experienced I started talking to tell him about what I experienced. My voice did not sound like myself. I did not recognize my voice. And I was telling him about what I just said and how what I just experienced and how I could see my body. And he gave me an affirmation of, yeah, that's because your body and your mind and your spirit are all separate. So you connected with your spirit during that time that you were breathing. And to put that further into perspective, he gave an analogy of if I were to get into a car accident tomorrow and I were to lose my right arm, I would still be the same person. I would still have the same spirit. I would still have the same values. I would still be Sarah. I just wouldn't have a right arm. So your body doesn't define who you are. Your spirit defines who you are. And I became very in touch and in tune with my spirit during that breath work. And allowed for me to also gain acceptance into not having control and being in an experience that when I lose control, that some, that life still goes on and experiences still goes on and my 
spirit still goes on. I I don't need to have control of everything. And frankly, I don't have control of everything. Most things in life you have no control of. I can decide that I want to go out to the Dunkin' Donuts that's around the corner from my apartment and get a box of munchkins. Sure, I'm deciding that I want to do that, but there are a lot of things that can impede me from doing that. I can walk downstairs, run into one of my roommates, and she might be experiencing something that I have to help her with. Or I go outside of my apartment and I trip down the steps and I need to go to the hospital. Or I go into Dunkin' and they don't have the donuts that I want anymore or they just got rid of their, they just went through their last batch. There is so little in this life that you can actually control. And to sit there and think that you have any control, let alone all of the control, is absolutely asinine. And so that was something that I came to accept and kind of realize that just because I'm not in control doesn't mean that I don't get to live the best version of my life through this body of mine and through this lens of mine. So after I had that breathwork experience, I continued the rest of the time at Miraval and I was really excited because I was going to do an aura capture on my final day at Miraval. And unfortunately it got canceled because the instructor got sick and I couldn't get my aura captured. And I really just wanted to see if it was blue and what color it was, but that's something that I'm anticipating doing in the next couple weeks or near future here. But the thing that most resonated with me was that that transformative breath work. And that is what allowed me to realize that you're not in control of very much, if anything. And that accepting that and accepting that, yeah, and just accepting that is something that feels really good to know. So moving forward a little bit, I've gotten through one of my last things that I did at Miraval was a meditation with Mark and it has come full circle on my experience with spirituality and letting things go and how things impact you and how everything is really related. So my past experiences affect my present day will affect my future. All of that's related. And the way that I feel negatively about something is going to negatively impact other aspects of everything. Everything is just related. Um, so again, just had a very impactful experience at Miraval. And once I left the wellness retreat and got back to Boston, I decided that I want to really hone in on using my voice to connect with other people and using my voice to make myself happy by continuing to 
talk about things on this podcast that I'm truly passionate about and that I think that other people will resonate with. And I'm really excited for this journey going forward because I think spirituality is really cool. And it's one of those things that's kind of definitely not new. It's really not new, but I think it's one of those things that's newly accepted because our generation is all about not falling into the norms of what our parents did generations before us and generations before them. So for instance, we're not getting married anymore. I mean, I say that, but I mean, wedding invitations to my friend's weddings and I still see all of these engagement photos online and on Instagram and whatnot. But apparently our generation isn't getting married and our generation isn't buying houses and our generation isn't making their kids or going to church. We're embracing things that we kind of take a step back and ask why we're doing something and then decide whether or not that's something that's going to be serving for us and for others. And I think that spirituality is one of those newly accepted things that maybe you grew up as a spiritual person in the sense that you're religious, so you either went to church or that you're religious, so that you followed some sort of religious practice growing up. Either it was something that your family did or something that you potentially resonated with that you no longer really resonate with because it was kind of just something that you did. And now you're seeking out or now you're kind of learning about spirituality or um, higher powers in understanding what that really looks like and how that could potentially fit your mentality or your life better than a religion might for you. And that's not to say that you can't be both religious and spiritual, but it's just, again, going against the grain of this is what we were brought up with. So this is the only thing that we're capable of knowing or doing. And with spirituality, I think a lot more people are becoming accepting of it. And a lot more people are looking to learn about it. I've seen so many people get interested in crystals and how to use crystals and why crystals are important. I'm not going to pretend like I know all the answers about spirituality and about emotional intelligence, but I do think that it is something that I have a knack for or something that I am naturally gifted with. But again, I'm not going to claim that I know everything and that I have all the answers. I'm excited to learn more so that I can share more with you all. But so far, I've discovered that from my spirituality endeavors and wellness retreat that this is something that I'm truly passionate about and that I'm very excited to get to share with you all and that I hope that you all can resonate with and I'm very I'm very excited for this journey and I want to thank you all for listening for the past year. It's been really fun to hear your feedback and to see what you like best about the show and I hope that you're as excited as I am about this shift in what the podcast is going to be like. But thanks for watching or listening and 
please like, subscribe, follow the Aspiring Adult Podcast on everywhere that you listen to podcasts, including YouTube, and also follow me on Instagram at the Aspiring Adult Pod um, or underscore, underscore, Sarah, underscore, underscore, smiles, underscore, underscore. So thanks again, everybody, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.